We'll just read from 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 to 11. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So as I mentioned already, we're going to be continuing on with our series on the gifts of the spirit. And we're actually on our third week already, which is kind of wild. It's going by so fast. And so just as a quick recap, uh, our first week, Pastor Danny preached and he talked about the uh, having the gifts of the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. And then last week he talked about having the gift of faith. And today I have the honor and privilege of talking about the gifts of healing. Now I say gifts of healing, the plural form instead of gift of healing, because if you actually look at the original uh, text in the Greek in 1 Corinthians 12, they actually use the plural form in the wording there. And I believe that this is because there are various types of healing that can take place, such as physical, mental, emotional. Now, in this context of 1 Corinthians 12, I believe the gifts of healing refer to supernatural cures of physical, mental, and sometimes emotional issues. Now, like the other gifts, they're given by the Holy Spirit and used at very specific times in order to glorify the Lord. Now, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are available for every believer, but as it says in 1 Corinthians 14, we just have to earnestly desire them and operate them in love, okay? Always in love. Love is the key. Now, each gift of the Holy Spirit, when it's in operation, is always to glorify God and to point people back to him. It's not for our fame. It's not for our glory. It's always to glorify God. Isaiah 42, verse 8 says, my name is the Lord. I won't let idols or humans share my glory and praise. James 1 verse 17 says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights in whom there's no variation or shadow due to change. So the purpose is and has always been to draw people to God, and to glorify God. In addition to this, the gifts of healing 
like the other gifts of the Spirit, work in operation together with the other gifts of the Spirit, such as the gift of faith or word of knowledge. And I actually think that we saw this demonstrated beautifully in the past couple of weeks. If you weren't here, um, on the first week of the series, when Pastor Danny was preaching on word of knowledge and word of wisdom, at, um, one of the services he was he had word of knowledge and he had word of wisdom for different things. And there was a lady who had pain in her elbow. And uh, by the Holy Spirit, Pastor Danny knew and um, ended up praying for the lady. And she actually got completely healed. And I know in past services, other services that we've had as well, we've seen people in this church get healed um, of back issues, ankle issues, um, things like depression. Now, the gifts of healing, we actually see used many times throughout Scripture. Just a few examples. Uh, Paul the Apostle actually had the gift of healing. And we see this in Acts 19 as Paul is going and he's ministering in the city of Ephesus. Acts 19 verse 11 says, And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. We see another example in Acts 28, verse 8, of the gifts of healing being used by Paul. It said, and it happened that the father of Publius was laying in bed, afflicted with recurrent fever and dysentery. And Paul went in to see him, and after he had prayed, he laid his hands on him and healed him. Another example we find in Scripture is Peter, who was one of the 12, uh, a disciple of Jesus. Acts 3, verse 1 to 9, says, One afternoon, Peter and John went to the temple for the three o'clock prayer. As they came to the entrance called the beautiful gate, they were captured by the sight of a man, crippled from birth, being carried and placed at the entrance to the temple. He was often brought there to beg for money from those going in to worship. When he noticed Peter and John going into the temple, he begged them for money. Peter and John, looking straight into the eyes of the crippled man said, look at us. Expecting a gift, he readily gave them his attention. Then Peter said, I don't have money, but I'll give you this. By the power of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. Peter held out his right hand to the crippled man. As he pulled the man to his feet, suddenly power surged into his crippled feet and ankles. The man jumped up, stood there for a moment, stunned, and then began to walk around. As he went into the temple courts with Peter and John, he leapt for joy and shouted praises to God. When all the people saw him jumping up and down and heard him glorifying God, they realized it was the crippled beggar they had passed by in front of the beautiful gate. See, in this story... Peter discerned 
by the Holy Spirit that the man had the faith to be healed. And, of course, Peter also had faith. But the gifts of healing were in operation. And as a result, as we read in the story, God was glorified. We see another example. I'm not going to read it, but we see another example of this in Acts 9 with Peter again and a man called Aeneas who um, I believe it was eight years that he had been paralyzed and similar thing. Um, Peter sees him and he says, Aeneas, like Christ heals you, so get up and walk. And he does. He gets up and he's healed. And of course, probably the greatest example, we see the gifts of healing in operation with Jesus as he traveled and did ministry. Matthew 9 verse 35 says Jesus walked throughout the region with the joyful message of God's kingdom realm. He taught in their meeting houses and wherever he went he demonstrated God's power by healing every kind of disease and illness. Luke 4:38 to 39 it's another example says after leaving the synagogue Jesus went into Simon's house where Simon's mother-in-law was sick with high fever. The disciples begged Jesus to help her. Jesus stood over her and rebuked the fever, and she was healed instantly. Then she got up and began to serve them. Now, as we can see, the gifts of healing were used many times throughout Scripture, and these are only just a couple of examples, but if you read through your Bible and read through the New Testament, there's countless uh, stories and accounts of the gifts of healing being used, of people being healed. Now, you might be thinking, okay, that's cool, but how do I know if I have the gift of healing? The gifts of healing, sorry. Now, often when somebody has the gifts of healing, they tend to see healings happen a little bit more frequently than other people when they pray for people. Or... The other thing is um, sometimes if somebody has been prayed over and they've been healed from something, um, oftentimes they can have the gift of healing as well. And oftentimes, some, well, sometimes God can get them to pray over someone else that had, um, has a similar issue or something like that, and they'll often see people get healed. So that's the gift of healing. But again, the gifts of healing and the gifts of the Spirit are available to any believer who authentically, earnestly desires it and desires to operate in it. Now, I do also just want to clarify, because over the years I've noticed, um, sometimes we can get into the mindset of thinking like, oh, this person has the, the power, like this person is the one that heals and it's like, no, 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 um, it's not actually that person that is healing people or that does the healing. It's really the Holy Spirit who gives the gifts of healing, who empowers us as believers and who works through that individual to bring healing to another person. Okay, so ultimately it's God who does the healing but he uses people who are willing and open to being used by him. So again, as mentioned, people with the gifts of healing are people who 
typically see healing happen a little bit more when they pray for people. But it is available to anybody who desires it, any believer who earnestly desires it. Now, when the gifts of healing are used, sometimes, and actually in my experience from what I've seen, most often the healing is immediate. And again, we see this several times throughout Scripture. Luke 13, 11 to 13. And behold, there was a woman who had a disabling spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your disability. And he laid hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. So healing in this story came immediately for the woman. However, there was also a spiritual element in this case that had caused the woman to be bent over and afflicted for 18 years. Now, not always, but sometimes, I believe there can be a spiritual element as the cause of an infirmity or illness. And I often find that a lot of times, well, oftentimes when somebody always seems to get sick or it feels like it's always just one thing after another, like they they get something and then they get over it and then like right after it's like something else, um, oftentimes it can be a spirit of infirmity that's actually attacking that person. Matthew 17, verse 14 to 18, we see another case where there is a spiritual element involved. Um, It says, when they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed in that moment. So in both of these cases, both with the boy, some translations say it was epilepsy, but in both cases with the boy and with the lady who was bent over, the healing was immediate. But the root cause of the issue was actually a demonic attack that was physically affecting the individual. And again, not always, but sometimes I believe the cause of a recurring or even a chronic issue can actually be spiritual. And church, this is why it's so important that as believers, when praying and operating in the gifts of the Spirit, not just to be, oh, I'm going to just operate and do my thing, but to actually listen to the Holy Spirit in order to be able to discern and follow his leading because I fully believe the Holy Spirit can reveal and show us how to pray and actually deal with, uh, deal with things and actually see sometimes reveal what the root cause of something is. And again, there are more examples in Scripture 
But healing can, and I believe most often, does happen immediately. We've also seen this happen in church, um, in services, sometimes even in the middle of uh, Pastor Danny preaching where we've seen people get healed. Things like, again, backs and ankles. And I also personally um, experienced immediate healing. The first time that God healed it was actually in 2016, and it was my left knee. And uh, I was a Bible college student at the time, uh, and I was getting ready to go on a missions trip to Slovakia and Slovenia. So the first week we would be in Slovakia um, running like a kid's uh, day camp. So we were doing games with the kids, teaching English, uh, doing Bible lessons for a week. And then the second part of the trip was in Slovenia, and it was leading worship for youth camps, young adults camps, um, and different churches around the country. So at the time, I was a youth leader. And it was about a week before um, I was leaving on this trip. And uh, the youth pastor at the time was like, well, let's do a game with the kids and let's just play Red Rover. And it was summertime and we were outside in a field. And for those of you that don't know, Red Rover is like that game where it's like you hold hands with people and then you uh, sing like Red Rover, Red Rover, we call so-and-so over. And then there's people lined up on the other side and you're in a line and then they run and they try to break through the line. So where you have your hands held with someone, they try to break through. If they break through, they get to take somebody back with them to their side. But if they don't, they join your side. Um, so we were playing this game. And I had a girl who was a little overzealous. And um, she was like, I'm going to take down my youth leader. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go straight for her. And as you can see, I'm not a very big or strong person. <laughs> so... Um, she completely tackled me um, when she ran through. And uh, I had been standing on a hill. And when she tackled me, um, I actually believe I had uh, hyperextended my knee, which is basically where your knee kind of bends back in a way that it shouldn't. Um, and it's extremely painful. So she basically hit me, and I went down, and I screamed as I went down. And then I was, like, done for the rest of the evening. Like, I couldn't um, do anything. And my knee was, like, quite swollen and bruised. But it was a week before the trip. So I was like, I'll just rest it. And, like, it'll be fine. Um, and looking back, I definitely probably should have gone to the doctor. But because it was a week before the trip, I was like, I already paid so much money for this trip. <laughs> I'm like, nothing's getting in the way. I'm going on this trip. So I didn't go to the doctor, definitely should have. Um, and then the other thing I did was I didn't tell my team that I had gotten injured. So two things you never do when you go on a missions trip, um, get injured a week before you leave and not go see the doctor, and then don't tell your team that you got injured. Um, <laughs> so I did both of those. And then we went on the trip, and of course we're on our feet all day, and I was just like in so much pain. Um, and I remember we got to the end of the week and we were about to move on to the next stage of the trip go to Slovenia and so we just spent the day with the Slovak team members that were there because they had paired us off um, and the Slovak team members we were working with a local church there and so they were 
people from their church that were also like our translators so we could work with the kids and stuff. Um, and so I remember like we ended up hanging out with them all day and then we went to a lake and we were like, okay, we just want to pray over the Slovak team members before they go. And they also wanted to pray over us before we went to Slovenia for the next half. And so I remember we sat down by this lake just on the ground and I sat down with my knees kind of around my chest. And again, I hadn't said anything that I was in pain. And I, I know like my knee was hurting quite badly at that point because we had been walking all day. And um, I didn't say anything to the team members. I didn't say anything to my team members, nothing. Um, but I was just like, man, like my knee hurts so bad. Um, so then I remember like I was paired with this 16-year-old girl um, to pray. And... <laughs> Um, I remember I just, I, like, I prayed for her first, and then it was her turn to pray. And then she was like, well, is it okay if I pray in Slovak? Because I'm, like, English, it's harder for me to, like, pray in English. That's, like, a second language, and I'm still learning how to speak in English. And I was like, girl, you speak whatever language <laughs> works for you. The Holy Spirit knows and can intercede, and it's all good. And I remember that she sat on my right side, and... Uh, Again, it was my left knee that was hurting. And so she was like, okay, I'll pray. And she reached over and she put her hand on my left knee, which I was like, that's kind of weird. Um, because in my experience, when I've had people pray for me, if they're standing on my right side, usually um, when they ask like, oh, can I put my hand on your shoulder, your arm, they go for whatever is closest, right? So if they're on your right side, they'll put their hand on like your right shoulder or your right arm. But she actually reached all the way over <laughs> and put her hand on my left knee. And then she began to pray. And as she began to pray, um, most often for me when God speaks, it's the still small voice. But sometimes God actually shows me pictures. And so I had my eyes closed and she began to pray. And all of a sudden I got a picture and it was of my knee. I'm going to try to describe this in like a not gross way, but um, it was a picture of my knee and then it was like my knee was sliced open and then the skin and everything was pulled back and I could see all of the tendons, I could see all of the muscles, I could see my kneecap, I could see just everything so clearly and then all of a sudden I saw this hand with a scalpel starting to work on my knee. And the crazy thing was, is as I was seeing this hand basically do surgery on my knee, I started to feel things moving in my knee that corresponded with where I saw the hand touching. And then I remember I felt two distinct pops in my knee. So the first one was kind of a smaller one. And then the second one was a bigger one. And it wasn't in pain or anything. It just felt warm. Um, but I just remember those two pops. And after the second pop, it was like the pain was completely gone. And I was just, like, mind blown. I was like, what did I just, like, what just happened? Like, did God just do surgery on my knee? Like, what is going on? Um, and I remember she finished praying. It was like I saw my knee close up, and then she finished praying. And then we got up, and I kind of took a couple steps, and I was like, my knee is healed. Like, there's literally no pain. And the swelling had gone down and stuff. Um, and I was just, like, in shock. And so it came to a point where I was like, okay, I have to ask this girl. Because she had prayed in Slovak, and I don't speak. Slovak, right? So I was like, okay, when you prayed, like, did you pray for my knee at all? And she was like, no, like, I was just praying that God would be with you guys and bless you guys as you went on the next half of the trip. And uh, I was just so, like, amazed. And so I told her what had happened, and she was just, like, 
completely amazed that God had used her in that way. Um, but the gift of healing was in operation, right? And it was only a matter of minutes. Like she prayed a short prayer, like a minute or two. But as soon as she laid her hand on my knee, God began to heal and, uh, yeah, completely restore it. So the healing came immediately. Now, when the gifts of healing are in operation and being used, while healing can happen immediately, and I believe does most often, it's important to actually know that sometimes healing can also be gradual. Mark 8, 22 to 25, we see an example of this, and it says, when they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus, and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said. I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. So in this story, healing didn't come immediately, but rather it came gradually. Which, sometimes with healing, um, it does take more than one time to pray in order for complete healing to come. And, and sometimes it does happen gradually. And I believe that this happens sometimes in order to help us build our faith and our expectation to see God move, restore, and heal. Now, I had a friend who actually experienced gradual healing. See, um... Back when I was in Bible college, we would actually travel um, doing ministry and leading worship for different things. And uh, we would lead worship for camps and churches in Alberta and some other provinces as well. And I remember one summer we were actually leading worship at a camp. So it was a high school, like, youth camp. And there were about 50 or 60 kids, all non-churched from broken families. So before the kids came to the camp, like, they had never even heard about Jesus. And God was actually moving and working and revealing himself in such supernatural and miraculous ways that to this day, I've never seen so many physical healings happen over the course of one week. Like, I kid you not, we were seeing anywhere between three to five physical healings happening every single day. Like kids were getting healed and then parents heard what was happening so they came to check it out and then parents were getting healed. Like it was completely wild. And by the third day of the camp, my friend was in pain. And how he would describe his feet would be that it was like a solid block, like a solid chunk and um, his feet were completely flat. And so when we went to this camp, um, a couple things, like they didn't actually tell us when we had agreed um, all of their expectations. And so when we arrived there, um, they let us know that we would be staying with the kids in the cabins, which is okay. Um, but then they also said, by the way, you guys are also going to be camp counselors. <laughs> um, so that was kind of like, oh, okay, I guess, sure, we're counseling at the same time. Um, so... That was good, but it, 
um, included a lot more work because you have to plan the games and all the things like that. And so uh, because of that, we were on our feet a lot more <laughs> during the day doing games with the kids and activities and then with the services and everything. And so by the third day, my friend was actually in severe pain. And I remember like we had lined up for lunch with the kids and uh, we were the line kind of went outside and my friend was sitting at a picnic table and I could tell something was off. So I was like, hey man, like, um, are you okay? Like, what's going on? And he was like, no. He's like, I'm not okay right now. Like, I'm in so much pain. And uh, <laughs> yeah, his feet were just in agony. So we go through the day and we have our services and then the kids go back to their cabins because they're getting ready for bed. And the kids in his cabin, the boys, they were like, you know what? We've actually seen God do some crazy things that we can't, we can't explain over the course of the past two days. And like, we know God can heal. They asked him, they're like, can we actually pray for your feet? And my friend was just like, go for it. Like, I got nothing to lose, <laughs> right? So all the boys in the cabin, they went around him and they laid hands on his feet and they prayed and they prayed and nothing happened. But the boys were like, you know what? We know that God can still heal you. So we're just gonna believe in faith that God is healing you. And my friend was like, yeah, like I believe God can heal. So all the boys go and they go to bed. They go to sleep. And then the next morning, my friend wakes up and he goes to get out of bed. And he's like, this feels different. So he decides to go and look at his feet. And then he had arches in his feet. And uh, he was completely just like blown away. And I saw his feet before and after. Like his feet were completely flat. And then they had arches the next day. Like it was completely different. And uh, all the boys were just, like, so amazed as well, too. Um, and God was glorified. And to this day, my friend still has arches in his feet and no pain when he walks. So God is good. So healing for my friend came. It did come. But it was gradual, right? It happened over the course of the night when he had been sleeping. But he got healed. And I believe that the boys in his cabin in that moment actually had the gift of faith to pray and believe for healing. Which brings me to my next point is that when it comes to using the gifts of healing, healing always works hand in hand with faith. Mark 5, 25 to 34 says, Now in the crowd that day was a woman who had suffered horribly from continual bleeding for 12 years. She had endured a great deal under the care of various doctors, yet in spite of spending all that she had on their treatments, she was getting worse instead of better. When she heard about Jesus' healing power, she pushed through the crowd and came up behind him, touched his shawl, for she kept saying to herself, if I could touch even his clothes, I know I will be healed. As soon as her hand touched him, her bleeding immediately stopped. She knew it, for she could feel her body instantly being healed of her disease. Jesus at once knew that someone had touched him, for he felt the power that always surged around him had passed through him for someone to be healed. He turned and spoke to the crowd, saying, Who touched my clothes? His disciples answered, What do you mean, who touched you? 
look at this huge crowd. They're all pressing up against you. But Jesus' eyes swept across the crowd, looking for the one who had touched him for healing. When the woman who experienced this miracle realized what had happened to her, she came before him trembling with fear and threw herself down at his feet saying, I was the one who touched you. And she told him her story of what had just happened. Then Jesus said to her, Daughter, because you dared to believe, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Go with peace in your heart and be free from your suffering. See, this woman with the issue of blood was healed because of her faith. And in doing my research and compiling scriptures and preparing for this sermon, one of the things that struck me is that many, if not most of the people who got healed in scripture had their ailments for many years before they actually received healing, right? Think about it. The woman with the issue of blood, it was 12 years that she had this issue before she got healed. The woman who we read about earlier in the book of Luke who was bent over by that spirit of infirmity, well, she had that for 18 years before she was healed. Acts 9, where it talks about Peter and Aeneas, that paralytic who got healed, I'm pretty sure it said um, it was eight years that he had dealt with this before he got healed. And yet, all these people were healed in a single moment when they allowed the gift of faith to operate in their lives. Matthew 8, verse 1 to 13, we see faith and the gifts of healing being used together. It says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. I know this because I'm under the authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, go, and they go. Come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. And I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east and west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, those for whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing teeth. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, go back home because you believed it has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. See, healing came because the Roman officer had faith. Because he believed that God could and would heal, his servant was healed in that moment. The gifts of healing and faith go hand in hand. So church, what are we expecting? What are we believing for? Are we believing to see people healed, to see people set free? Now we're going to pray for those who want to 
operate in the gifts of healing. But first, we can't talk about healing without talking about the great healer. And the first step to receive the gifts of healing is actually to receive healing ourselves. Isaiah 53, verse 3 to 6, it's talking about Jesus, and it says, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of deep sorrows, who was no stranger to suffering and grief. We hid our faces from him in disgust and considered him a nobody, not worthy of respect. Yet he was the one who carried our sicknesses and endured the torment of our sufferings. We viewed him as one who was being punished for something he himself had done, as one who was struck down by God and brought low. But it was because of our rebellious deeds that he was pierced and because of our sins that he was crushed. He endured the punishment that made us completely whole, and in his wounding, we found our healing. Like wayward sheep, we've all wandered astray. Each one of us has turned from God's paths and chosen our way. Even so, Yahweh laid the guilt of our every sin upon him. See, church, we can receive freedom and healing through what Jesus did on the cross. Through him, we can receive healing and forgiveness of our sins and walk in the freedom and life that Christ has actually called us to. John 10.10 says, I have come that they may have life and life more abundantly. If you want to receive healing and forgiveness of your sins and, and walk in the abundant life that Jesus calls us to, then we're going to pray a prayer. Now, if we could all just bow our heads. So, Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you what, for what you did for me on the cross. I ask you now, forgive me of my sins. Make me new and help me to follow you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. And now, um, we're going to pray for those of you that are desiring to actually um, operate and walk in the gifts of the Spirit. So, um, just do the same thing. So if you guys want to bow your head and uh, just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your presence. Fill us to overflowing and give us the gifts that we desire. For your kingdom and glory. In Jesus' name, amen.